Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Are, are you guys tired of the board yet? No. no. no? You like the board? You like the board? Yeah. Cool. Although I'm cool. Be up in so, so <laughs> you might want to. I thought today instead of church, we're just going to do tic tac toe. So, who wants to who wants to start? So, happy post Thanksgiving and pre Christmas. Tis the season, right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, thank you for your love, thank you for your goodness and just all your peace and joy that comes and that this season brings with it. And so we just give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm excited, I'm going to get back to the board here, Uh, get back to the basics. I'm going back to the drawing board, okay? By the way, I was just thinking about that, I was just listening to someone the other day. Uh, congratulations to our newlyweds. They got married after church last week, right? So, so it's exciting. We're glad to have you. So I see you guys survived one week without killing each other. So I did find some great marriage advice, and it said, said, said if your wife's mad at you, buy a gun. At, she'll still be mad at you, but at least you'll have a gun. So it's a, it works for anything, car, whatever, you know. So make it worth it. That's what I do, right? I got actually. She bought me the watch, so she can't be mad at me for this, right? But anyway, so don't take my advice, by the way. <laughs> Rule number one. So let's go back to Genesis. So we're, we're surfing through through Scripture, and I think it's real important, and um, to understand the basics. Like you know, if you know the basics, then you can get a lot. You can build on the basics and do anything. I do that with horses all the time, right? It's like there's a certain basis that, that, that I know. And so you can bring me a horse. You can bring me a Shetland pony. You can bring me a Clydesdale. You can bring me an Arabian. You can bring, to a point, they're all horses, right? Except mules. They're not horses. They're, they're half something else. And I can't say it in church, right? And so, so but, but a horse is a horse, of course, right, unless it's Mr. Ed, but there's these basic things that is just a horse is a horse, and I know, I got the basics, I know if I move the horse's feet, and if I do this, the horse is going to do what horses do, I was sitting around talking to my father-in-law the other day, and he went to the phone store, and he's like, how come it, you got all these kids that come in, and you just show them a phone, and there's like all these million kinds of phones, and they just grab them and know how to use them, and I was like, well, I think it's just because it's like a horse. Like, once you know the basics, you can do anything, except for the fact my four-year-old granddaughter can pick up a phone, and I'm stuck on it, and she automatically, it's like she's born with knowing how, how, how to do it. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, I can, I've had my phone three years, and they keep getting, they offer me an iPad and a and an Apple Watch and all this stuff to trade in, and I'm like, no, no, I'm good with my phone. Right? As long as it's still running, I'm, I'm good. I don't need another phone or your other gadgets, right? But it, it's the basics. And by the way, you see those phones that you flip over? And like the screen, it doesn't bend or fold. 
there's got to be some voodoo or something in that. Like, I ain't touching that thing, right? But the point being is they all have a basis. There's a basic knowledge that when you know the basics, then you can build on the basics, and then the basics is really good. And so I think that's why, why God didn't start us off in Revelation. Aren't you glad? Right? So we start in Genesis, and he starts in Genesis, and so we see... In the beginning, there was a little thing that crawled out of a... No, that's not how it worked. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was God who did it, right? In fact, his name is Elohim. It means creator, right? And then he created Adam and Eve, and, and he um, had a river and a garden flowing through it. And it's really cool to, if you actually put the names of the rivers in order, it, it actually is, is really powerful too, and I don't have time to get into that. There's no coincidences in the Bible. There, there's no coincidence in what God's doing, and he's putting his signature and his name in every part of it. And so when we know that, then that gives us something to build on. So in Genesis 15, or Genesis 2, um, verse 16, what did it say? And the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely what? Die, Die right? So we come to this place. Like, Pastor James, why did you... Oh, that was good. Sorry, guys. Okay. Like, I bend over to pick it up, I hit my head, it knocks me out, and someone else is going to have to finish this message, right? I know how this story goes, right? So, so don't you knock yourself out, because if I knock myself out, you're, one of you guys will have to preach, right? Okay, so, so there's, there's a tree, he's like, like, there's one tree, he's like, the moment you eat from this tree, you're going to die. Well, what's the name of that tree? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? But when you eat of that tree, you're going to what? You're going to die, right? And then he said, there's another tree in the garden, and that was the tree of what? The tree of life, okay? It doesn't take a genius to understand. Eat from one tree, and you get all the other trees in the garden, right? Right? Eat from this tree, be... You're, you're out. Game over. You die. Right? And so when, when I see this, it reminded me uh, of, of the law. Not that the law was bad, because the Bible says a few verses sooner that, that it, it was good and it was pleasurable. That this is the, the law, the word of God, the knowledge of good and evil. It's not that it's bad. It's just not your job. Right? Know your job, right? They, they do that in football all the time. You just got to do your own job, right? If you're the center, you got to know that your job is to get the ball to the quarterback, not to the nose guard on the other side, right? So if you're the running back, you need to know your job is to run that way, not this way, right? You need to know your job. This is not our job ever because what happens is is God never created us to, to worry about good and evil. He just wants us to live. Do you know why? Because he had life. He is life. And so you see Adam and Eve, 
They're made in the image and in the likeness of God. In fact, so much so that God said, I'm going to bring a parade of animals to you. I'm going to bring the animals to you. He gave him a job, right? He gave him a job, and then he gave him a wife. He blessed him. He's in the tree. He gives him all this stuff. But he brought the animals to who? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. To Adam. And Adam did what? Named he named him. He's already doing stuff that God, that God created him to do. Right? He was already, he was walking and he was talking with God and he had a relationship with God. He was made in the very image of God. Yet when the enemy comes... He comes and he says this. Watch this. I'm going to jump down to verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. The Lord God, remember, what's the Lord God? That's Yahweh. yud hey vav hey God. God is not, is not his name, by the way. Right? God is what he does. He, he's done. And what he's still doing, it means creator. Right? When we see God... It means he's, he's a creator, right? And we're made to create in his image too. His name is Lord, right? Or what does Lord mean? I am that I am. Do you know that that word I am is like they say it's just like a breathing sound, just a breathing in and a breathing out. It's like I'm your very breath. They actually decoded the, the DNA and in between them there are certain gaps that have numbers and then they just repeat, repeat, repeat. And guess what Hebrew Hebrew letters that they repeat. Yud he vav he, yud he vav he, yud he vav he, yud he vav he. Do you know what that is? That's I am. That I am. That's Yahweh. We are. We weren't. Adam wasn't the only one made in God's image. You're made in God's image and in God's likeness. And there's nothing common or ordinary about you. Right? Unless you want to call God a liar. Right? So here he is. He, he's like, now, Yahweh Elohim, it says, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that Yahweh Elohim had made. Whoa! Time out. Then, then God made? Remember in Isaiah it says, it says, I made the blacksmith that blows the coal. Right? He's like, like I know what's coming against you. And I'm telling you, I'm bigger than that. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why? It's because there's nothing greater than God. Amen. Right? And so here he's say, saying that then, then um, Yahweh Elohim, or I don't know the animals that Yahweh Elohim had made, and he said to the woman, watch this, did God really say? Again, watch. He didn't say did Yahweh, Elohim say, he said what? He God, right? So, so like, I'm a pastor. Pastor is what I do, and you guys call me pastor. Sometimes you have different names. <laughs> I don't want to know the bad ones, right? But they're Pastor James. That's usually what I get called, I hope, right? Right? So I'm Pastor James. Pastor is not who I am. Pastor is what I do, right? So it's a whole lot easier to come after someone if you're not putting that personalization to them, right? So what did he do? He took the intimacy. He took that connection that they had because they were walking with Yahweh. They knew him. 
They talked with him. They walked with him. They had a relationship with him that's unbelievable. Walking in paradise itself, and what happens? He says, did the creator, that dude, you know, I always heard my uncles always used to say, well, I, I, I believe in the man upstairs. I was like, upstairs? Like, there ain't no stairs. What are you talking about? You done got kicked too many times. Right? I mean, what is that? Anyway, it's religious mindset that even the world has because we think God's far off. When he's where? He's in us. Right? That's the hope of glory. That's why we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. Hey, I got good news. Jesus is going to come, hang out for 33 years, die on a cross, and he's going to ditch you for a couple thousand years. You're on your own, and then he's going to come back. Woohoo! Great news. Like, I'd rather hear Geico's news. You know? At least I'd save 15% on car insurance. Now, that's good news. If you're going to bring me good news, bring me some real good news. Right? And that's what the angel said. I'm bringing you good news. God is with us. There is no more separation. This curse that happens in the Bible, God says, I'm getting ready to wipe it out. I'm getting ready to restore to you what the enemy stole from you. And what's the enemy? Accusation. Any accusation that's coming against you, you know right off, it's not God. Because God does not accuse you. Even when he convicts you. He's not accusing you. He's not putting you down. He's not tearing you down. He's trying to lift you up. All those sins that you've done, are doing, or thinking of doing, or have thought about doing, even some of you guys are saying, I wish Pastor James would shut up. <laughs> no, I heard that thought. But then you're like, oh, yeah, but he's so good looking. At least we get to look at him. <laughs> right? But all, all of those right sins, he's already paid for on the cross. Right? And so the enemy comes and starts, well, you're just rotten. You're no good. You're not this, and you're not that. And you're, well, I'm who God says I am. And he says that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says I'm above and not beneath, right? I'm the head and not the tail, right? I am his. Now, that makes me pretty valuable, right? More valuable than any, any precious diamond or gold or whatever. He never died for that, but he died for you. So that changes the equation. Those accusations that fly at you, you can know, number one, that is not from God. When you hear accusations, watch. It was a, the teachers of the law that wanted to kill Jesus, that hated Jesus. The people who are lost, they're like, we really need saving. <coughs> Excuse me. It's only the ones who don't think they need saving that think they can do it themselves. Right? <coughs> And I need saving more than any of you all. <laughs> Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Right? We all need, we all need Jesus. We all need his grace. We all need his mercy. We all need his peace. We all need what he brought. 
And I don't need a far away God. I need a right here God. Right here, right now. Now. When's the time of salvation? When? Today. Now. Now's the time of salvation, right? So we see that the, it says, The woman said to the serpent, We may not eat from the fruit, uh, eat of fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, You must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Okay, he didn't say that. Right? Now, the enemy will always accuse you. And he will twist what God actually has said. Hey, thank you. Appreciate that. Can I get a drink? Maybe I'll whisper and then I won't. Right? So, so he not only accuses, but he twists what God said. Just because you know, just because someone's quoting the Bible don't mean they're quoting it in context or accurately. Right? So you need to know what the Bible says. What is God saying about the situation? What is God telling you? Right? In the Old Testament, the, the prophets were prophesying to the future. Right? New Testament prophecy is different. I have people come up and say, God told me to tell you this. And I'm like, well, that's good. He ain't told me yet. Right? I think you just had some bad pizza. Right? And why do I say that? Because it comes, now it's, uh, what do you call that? Not confrontation. That's not good, right? Confirmation. Right? What I just did was confirmation. I have a blessed brother that says I have the, the spirit of confrontation or something like that. That's my gift, right? Right. So, um, but it, what's that word again? Not confrontation? Confirmation. confirmation. It's confirmation. Did God tell you that? Like when God called me to preach, then people come up and they're like, you know what, I, you kind of, I think you're kind of a preacher. And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. I'm like, and then I ran as far as I could from him and kept running into him, right? And so, so, um, but there was a con, there was God talking to me, and then there was a confront, not confrontation. There was a confrontation because I was mad at him on that instance. Sometimes there is a confrontation because we don't like what he's telling us, right? But but it was a confer, confirmation, right? So it's different, right? So. God's not, not going to, you know, have other people dictate to you, right? And I've seen that a lot in the body of Christ. And that's not God, that's witchcraft. Like, ah, I can't call that witchcraft. Well, actually, it's twisting what God's doing, manipulating, twisting. But don't worry, we're going to eat from that tree. I'll tell you about accusation, too. Get rid of all bitterness, clamoring, and wrath, and gossip. Gossiping's the same thing. It's not a God. But we all do it. If we don't do it with our mouths, we do it with our minds. Man, I'm meddling, ain't I? You still want to try to live on this one? No. Not, not me either, right? So here you have the accusation, and that accusation brings what? 
death, right? <coughs> okay. So she says, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasurable to the eye, and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took, took some of some and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open. Whoa, time out. Opened. Like, they're supposed to die, right? But their eyes were open. Open to what? To good and evil. Open to what God was seeing. And what did it bring? Death. I've been... Like, like, I've been around people all my life that are so buttoned up on the law and so fixated on the do, 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 do. I know guys, I have a friend, I love him. He's like, dear friend, and he's, he's like, I can't sleep at night, so, so in the middle of the night I'll get up and go give someone money because I just don't have no peace about it, and it must be God telling me. I'm like, maybe it's not God telling you. If you don't realize that God's in you, maybe he did. I'm not going to judge that. But I, I have a peace. I want a peace. I don't want to do stuff being driven out of a fear that I'm not doing enough or I have or I'm so blessed that I got to do this or God's not going to bless me or God's not going to do this or out of guilt, out of manipulation, out of fear. That is not God. That is not how God rolls. Right? God is a God of peace. He's got a hope. He's got a love. Now, sometimes he'll shake your tree and shake the, shake the lead rope and make you move your feet and get you a little uncomfortable. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you know. Like, like a horse, if I shake that lead rope to get them back, they know I'm shaking the lead rope. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm in your bubble. I better back off a little, right? He's a, he's a good communicator, right? So, so trust him. Not trying to earn good by, by trying to follow and trying to keep the law. See, when children of Israel, they got out of slavery, but they didn't get out of their slave mentality, right? Here they are. They're out of Egypt, right? Really, it's, a, it's just, just you see the whole Passover story. They're saved by the blood of the lamb. Then they're baptized going through the Red Sea, and now they're in their faith walk, and they don't think it's enough, Right? So Moses goes up on the mountain, comes down with God's, God's law, with the Ten Commandments, with, right? And what happens? There they are. They're like, you've got to do this, and you can't even miss one little bit, or you're guilty of them all. And do you know what they did? We can do it. Right? What were they doing? They were looking for this tree. They were trying to do it out of flesh, out of ego, out of self-effort. Do you know what ego is? Can you see it? Can you read it? That's the biggest question. It's what? Edging God out. You know what they call that? We got the, got the spirit. Or we're supposed to walk in. Those who worship him will worship him in what? In spirit and what? 
And truth, he didn't say in knowledge of good and evil. Right? When, I, when I, God was showing me this stuff, I'm really bad about what I, I, like, I'm really, like, I quit calling stuff good and evil. Right? So I quit calling stuff evil for sure. I just call it death. Wasn't that bad? No, that's not bad. That's death. And I don't want to eat part of that. I, I, I'm not eating on that tree because this tree is so good. Like, I ain't got time to worry about the other tree. I'm so fascinated with Jesus. I ain't got time to worry about this. I don't need to know, know things to make myself good enough. I need to know him and know that he made me good enough. And if I need to know it, he's going to tell me. Right? <coughs> in fact, I've got this gear in me. And it, when I was a little kid, they'd say, don't touch the electric fence. You'll get shocked. Well, guess what I would do? I would touch the electric fence, right? My mom, they got this brand new station wagon. We had this roof on our house and then a porch, and I climbed up the roof, and I was like, I was watching the Dukes of Hazard, right? And they told me, they say, do not do this at home. You don't tell me that, right? Because it happens on TV, it's got to be real, right? So here, I get up on this thing, my mom pulls up, and I was like, hey, mom, watch this. And I jumped, belly first, landed on the hood of her brand new station wagon, bounced three times, flipped over onto the dirt, knocked the breath out of me, and my mom ran over, and she's like, oh, my God. She's like, are you alive? And I'm like, yeah, mom. And she's like, I am going to spank you till you can't move. And I'm like, like, that's not how you, I'm dying here. I survived. I almost died, right? What were you doing? I'm Bo Duke. Right? Don't do that. When you hear don't do that, you guys are going to try it. Like, you're looking at me like, like, yeah, Pastor James is stupid, you know? And that was stupid. I mean, I'm stupid I, just because I've done something stupid. You guys probably done the same thing. Am I the only one? You, you have a two-year-old, they're just looking at a fire, and we got to make sure they have knowledge. Fire's bad. And they're like, well, how do I get my food if it's bad? Right? Don't touch this. And what does a two-year-old do? It touches it. We spend all our time doing this. Don't do this. Don't do that. And he said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And I'm going to tell you a bunch of things you don't do. No, why? Because he knows. He knows I'm going to jump off the roof and bounce off the brand new car. Right? He knows the two-year-old's going to touch the fire. He knows if you say don't, really, it's kind of, kind of like, I don't know why he told him not to eat of it. Right? Because you know what they're going to do. They're going to do it. Right? So why would we try to live off this I don't want to so we watch this as it's coming around Pastor James why do you keep hitting this this is the very basic do you know what he's, he's, you know what the very first sin was 
unbelief. She did not believe what God said. We, we were brought down by unbelief, but we're saved by what? Belief. He, that's the commands of Jesus. If you do my, he was, if you love me, you'll follow my commands. What's his, what's his commands? Surrender to him. Believe what he said that is completely done. That's the hard part. Trying to do this, this makes our flesh feel good. But, but when you surrender and say, I can't do it, man, our flesh don't like that. Our ego, it wants to take credit for something. And so then we get into this legalistic, we get into to religion. And believe me, like I'm not just hitting Christians or other faiths, I'm hitting an atheists too. I have some friends that are atheists that are more religious than I ever dreamed of being. They're just, and all religion is, is your belief about God. So atheists have a religion too. If you're atheists out there, you're just as religious as I am. You can't save yourself any more than I can. Come to him. There ain't no rules. Except life. The rule is to believe. Right? Pastor James just said we can go do all these things. He just gave us a license to sin. Actually, you don't need a license. You're all good at it already. Right? So don't throw that on me. But if you can ever see Jesus... If you can ever get hooked into him, if you can ever have a taste of life, man, you're going to run to this. Your struggle is that this was wiped out when Jesus became death for us. He was crucified for us. He died for us. So guess what? I'm crucified with Christ, therefore, I no longer live, but it's who? It's Jesus. It's Christ that lives where? In me. Where? In me. He said, I go to the Father. I'm one with the Father. They hated that. And he says, when I go, I'm going to be one with the Father, and I'm going to be with the Father, and guess what? I'm going to be in you. And the religious heads just go spinning. Because they're waiting for Messiah, Messiah to come. And he's right there in front of him. And they're missing him right then and there. Right in front of him. And today, the church uh, and a lot of believers, not the church, a lot of believers are missing Jesus right here and right now because they're more worried about when he comes back than knowing him right now. And we're hurting people by doing that. Like, Pastor James, you can't preach like that. I just did. Because I want to see people have life. I want to see people walk in Jesus, right? And so here, when, the, when she saw that it was good, she took some, ate some, and she gave it to her husband too, and, who was with her, and, and he ate it. Then both of their eyes were open. They realized they were naked. I didn't know that before. All of a sudden. Then they, what, they get fig leaves. Like, how many of you know, if I show up in fig leaves, they didn't know how to dress themselves. Right? It would not be a pretty sight. Might be the last time I ever got to come. Right? Dresses themselves in fig leaves. Don't even know how to dress themselves. Right? Remember Jesus when he walked by the fig, the fig tree? 
What did he do? He cursed it, and it withered up. Why? Because I believe to him that represented us trying to cover ourselves. Now think about that. So here, they get the fig leaves, and they made coverings for themselves. Then the man... Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden. Notice, even though they messed up, it didn't change who he is. It didn't change that he was still coming towards them. As he's walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. So they're hiding in, in, the, in the figs. They're hiding in the trees. They're trying to save themselves. You see, they have this shame and they have this guilt and they have this nakedness that they feel naked and they feel like they have to cover themselves up, even to God. And that's the one person you do not have to cover anything up to. That's what he's saying. Come to me. All you are weary. Some of you are carrying about hurt. Some of you guys are carrying around unforgiveness. Some, some of us are carrying around shame. And God's like, quit trying to carry that. That's not yours. That's mine. Let it go. Do the hard thing. The hard thing's not trying to do things right. It's surrendering and realizing that he done it right and he loves you just like you are. Quit trying to hide behind the trees. Quit trying to cover yourself up when he's already done it. The cross changed this. Pastor James, I don't believe you. You're going to have to show me that in the Bible. I love it when people do that. That's the right answer. Don't believe anything I say. Behind here or anywhere else. Double check me, especially if I tell you the fence isn't on. Right? So... Here, here we're going to Galatians. And in Galatians chapter, I was doing in chapter 2, verse 15, I'm going to read just a minute, and then I'm going to keep going, or otherwise I'm not going to get to where I'm going. We read last week, We who are Jews by birth are not, and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observe, is not justified by observing the law. By what? Observing the law. They were trying to save themselves by observing the law. They were trying to save themselves by keeping feasts and customs and time. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. For a Jew is commanded of you. But it's not commanded of you to save yourself. It's a celebration of who he is. Right? And so, but they were trying to do it to save themselves. But by faith in Jesus Christ, so we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, right? Which is also known as works, right? Because by observing the law, only the ones who can keep it will be justified. Only the Baptists. <laughs> or is it the Catholics too? I can't remember. No. What did it say? No one. Do you know what that means in Greek right there? No one. no one, I think. I don't know Greek. I'm glad you guys cleared that up for me. Right? No one will be justified. If while we seek to be justified in if while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? No. 
We just had this conversation, didn't we? Right? Absolutely not. See, Paul had to have this conversation over and over and over, right? And it's the biggest argument. This is the one that'll get you killed, right? People try to wipe you out. They don't like that, right? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law. What? Through the law, I died to the law. Do you know what? Jesus kept this because not because he, he was good, but because that's who he is. He is God. And he died according to the law so that we can be free to live in him. See, I didn't say that. Like, anyone wants to get mad? You're out there mad? Write Paul, not me. His letter. I'm just repeating what he said. Right? Although I do think those letters, if you got a nasty letter you want to write, and I'd love to hear it. <laughs> just just um, put a note to Jim Fitch. <laughs> I'm kidding. You can make it to Will. <laughs> the life I le- live in the body... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for what? For nothing. He's saying, if I could do this, if I could keep the law, if I could do everything right, if I could do everything good, then what Christ did for me on the cross was absolutely worthless and for no reason at all. That's pure gospel right there. And that's pure truth. That's what, what, you notice all these dudes who were preaching this were martyred? It's like, maybe I better quit. I need to go back to preaching this and then maybe so many people won't want to try to kill me all the time. Right? Why? Because it riles up our flesh. Because we have an ego. And our ego wants to take credit. And the sad part is when Jesus did everything, I can't take any bit of credit for it. All I did was believe. I believe what you did. I believe that this is the way, the truth, and the life. That it's you, Jesus. That you are God himself come in flesh that died on the cross for me that I might have eternal life, not just when I get to heaven, but right now. I did nothing for it. And I don't have to do anything to keep it. There's nothing you can do to take it away. That's security. It didn't come from the law, but it comes through what? Through faith. Right? Right? And then he, I love it, he, Paul always talks sweet. He was never harsh like Pastor James is right today, right? Never talk. He says, you idiots. I'm just paraphrasing. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It's like, what kind of spell are you on? What's going on with you? Before... 
your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. You're like, dude, we've been over this. Over and over and over, and it's clear. This is what it is. You do not have to do anything to have a relationship with Jesus except believe. Period. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Now he's asking him for advice. I don't get it. You idiot, I'd like advice for you. I, like, I, I mean, what, what's up with Paul? I've never done that. You know, why are you doing that? That's stupid. Why would you do it that with a horse? Can I learn something from you? You know what I'd learn? What not to do? You can learn from everybody. Right? I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive... Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? So now he's, he's like appealing. He's like letting, them, letting their ego, oh, now I'm teaching Paul. I'm going to get him straight now. <laughs> right? He's no idiot. And he says, are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, he's back on calling them idiots. After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you... Su- I want a bracelet that says, says um, what would Paul say? Right. right? Never mind. I digress. Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? To me, that sounds like God saying, you know what? It's It's not about what you do. What do you believe? I'm really careful what I hear. Pastor James, why are you careful what you hear? Because faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. But I guarantee you, doubt comes by hearing and not hearing the word of God or hearing the word of God out of context. It can, it'll kill you. It will hurt you. It will bring this. Faith comes by what? Hearing, Hearing, right? Not not about unbelief. It's about, let's take the UN out of here. Maybe we can take them out of the United States, too. (laughs) I didn't say that out loud, did I? (laughs) Okay. Belief. And then, let go my ego. Right? You hear it in commercials all the time. Let go my ego. Why would they name some of that? I mean, come on. I don't want to eat it. Let go of your ego. Believe. Just believe him. Trust him. Let him be the reason you live. In him, I live and move and have my doing. My what? My being, right? So just trust him. And I'm out of time.
So, so I'm a, I got it. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your peace. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.